Reality, a word that can be both comforting and jarring, not necessarily in that order. It's a concept that by its very definition is something that is neither derivative nor dependent, but exists necessarily. In recent years, I have struggled with what that word has come to mean across the board from the ever-present levels a large majority of people succumb to via media infusion from magazines to books to focused or curated reality that we see via social media to even the current state of political events and what we take from it. Hi, I'm Mario the Artisan Rogue, and you're listening to Radio 74. I only ever took one class in philosophy. And although I really enjoyed what I learned in it, it made me question a lot of things, some uncomfortably, but many more from a vantage point of true interest and wonder. The biggest thing that I took from it was my constant intermixing of philosophy and ideology. Though the two words are often used today, at times in place of one another, they are not remotely alike. Ideology is something that I've dealt with probably more in regards to interactions with just about every human being I've ever met. Ideology at its core is a set of beliefs usually based in orders of thought that, while being a vehicle for the expression of dissatisfaction, is also a separate mode of transportation for action to attempt to change the world around oneself. The foundations of an ideology are usually connected to doctrines of social constructs, such as movements, organizations, institutions. The art world is littered with many such representations of ideologies. Many of the liberal arts are. Though wide-ranging in scope, an ideology, from at least what I've encountered, can more often than not be unyielding, if not rigidly fixed upon its stance in the minds of its supporters. Just take, for instance, football fans, or supporters of a political figure. It's no wonder that because of this, ideology is resistant to evolution, change, or challenge of its own status quo. It is very much connected to an emotional state of defense and can find itself in common unity with aspects of fear, ignorance, stubbornness, insecurity, and unfortunately, anger. Though I struggled with the realization that I dwelt more in the realm of ideologies, I yearned to delve more into philosophy, to look at existence, my own, and the world's in general to try to build an understanding from a pragmatic lens with a patient focal point. That sounded like the best way to proceed. Over the years, as I read and understood more about philosophy, my pragmatism increased, my objectivity overtook any dogmatic aspects that I once harbored, and I found myself questioning my reactions at every choice and every reaction I ever made. But I also found myself struggling to express myself and create a road that was comfortable with growing. I found that while philosophy was set in self-introspection, it could also be an underlying aspect to ideologies that I had abandoned. Philosophies don't have a record of changing the world, but for better or worse, ideologies do. There has to be a balance there, I thought. Are they indeed so different? My first real challenge in this was well before my college years, when I was going through confirmation as a young man. If you're not familiar with it, it's a sacrament in which one completes their baptismal, so in essence, to make a person a strong and perfect being in the eyes of the Roman Catholic Church. I still remember how important this day was to everyone there. My parents, friends of the family, the kids in line with me waiting to receive the Holy Ghost. 
The new suit I wore was stiff, starched to angular perfection by my father. My two-day-old leather dress shoes pinched my toes together painfully, and my dress socks felt unbearably thin and were soaked with foot sweat. Other droplets of sweat ran down my back and off of my brow. Thirty of us stood waiting in a hallway with no airflow, in orderly fashion to walk down an aisle lined with people looking back at us, parents at the ready with these 110 cameras in hand, ready and wound for when we'd come into view. I was nervous, irritable, a little bit scared, but most of all, unsure why I had to do this. I remember the priest making sure that we all knew what we had to do. Everyone nodded yes, but I'm sure, like myself, we were all hoping that the person in front of us would do whatever we needed to do, and we could just copy what they did. This explained the utter looks of dread on the two kids' faces at the front of the line. If they messed up or did something totally different, chances were we were going to have an embarrassing debacle to endure, never mind impatient or angry parents to have to answer to later. And somewhere in my head, this little voice piped up. Why am I doing this? Why am I here? I don't actually believe in any of this. Now, I had this habit that much to my parents' chagrin, I did quite often. I talked out loud to myself a lot. But I didn't always realize that I did it. And before I could stop myself, I stood there and blurted out in front of 29 kids and a priest, Do I have to do this? I'm not even sure why I'm here. The hallway was silent, dead silent. I swore I could hear the sweat crawling down even more fervently down my forehead. The priest calmly said, if not with a bit of sternness in his voice, Well, you're here to receive the sacrament. It's what you've gone to Saturday and Sunday school for. It's to show Jesus that you believe in the word of, once again, without meaning to, I shouted out, but I don't. I don't believe in him. And all of this, as I gestured wildly to my clothing and held my hand aloft to the showcase point of the whole place that I stood in. It was at that point I realized I had said too much. I don't remember the name of the priest. But I do remember the anger and discomfort in his eyes and the looks on the other kids' faces. So much for speaking my mind, even if by accident. My mindset was totally devoid of any philosophical approach. Instead, I was mired in my own ideologies. But that didn't stop the whole shindig from proceeding. No. Consequently, after that moment, I found I had lost my religion. Call it resentment. Call it annoyance. Call it a misunderstanding on my part. But I did swear two things after that, that if I ever let faith or religion back into my life, it was going to be with a clear knowledge of my own need or desire for it. And two, that I would never, ever wear or own another suit again. With the exception of three weddings I was forced to be part of and one really awkward first week at work at Hallmark, I never wore suits again. I also found myself as I got older leaning toward a nihilist, atheist sort of outlook, but that even has softened in some recent years. So who knows? Now that experience with the Day of Confirmation led directly to me taking that class 
in philosophy so many years later. It also played a heavy reference part to me seeking out a mental health counselor to aid me in excavating the person I am. I guess religion has its positive outcomes. Now, I've told you all that to talk about the concept of reality. Do a simple test the next time you are out with somebody you know. Ask them what color the sky is at any point and time of the day. You might be surprised to hear different answers to that question. Physically, we all see colors differently. Our moods affect our perception of our surroundings, and our trained eyes can be taught to understand color theory so that when other people may just see a blue sky or a red sunset, some may see a spectrum of vibrant colors. Some people don't see anything. Those people are either dead or blind. If they are of the former, you are now accessory to something horribly criminal, no doubt. If they are the former, shame on you for asking a blind person what color the sky was. Reality has sometimes been defined as fact, a fact being a truth, a point of certainty and weight that provides an intelligent anchor, a ballast, if you will, to the oceans of opinion, the flights of fancy, the buoyant nature of hope, and an antithesis to blind faith. But I ask you, who among us hasn't encountered all of the former in some way presented as reality, bolstered by powerful belief and perseverance of the action of simply, if not errantly, being assuredly incorrect? This is how most politicians feel every single day of their lives. When terms like alternative facts or notions of personal belief standing even in a maelstrom of proof to the detriment of the point of view rise up to make opinion as true as general reality, how can we question it? We should, but how? Reality is a weird conundrum for me. I am someone who believes in and am fascinated by things like astronomy, robotics, medical advances, the sciences, historical events, and the very coarse, beautiful, and textured path of life experiences. Like a more low-key Anthony Bourdain, I embrace the good and the bad, the stunning and the ugly of the world I live in, and reinterpret it through stories artwork, and writing that I create. Every pen stroke, brush drag, paper fold, and worn tool that accompanies my ideas to fruition has a tale attached to it, a moment in reality that invests itself in a creative moment of clarity. By that meaning, artwork is an opinion and a reality, a parallel to a philosophy and an ideology existing in the same space. Does it make the artwork any less in existence because it is how I alone interpret and represent the world I see? Does it need reactive elements, joy, hatred, monetary worth, or infamy to carry it onwards to be of relevance? Or is it important just because it exists? We live in days where works of fiction run in tandem with our normal lives. I myself have a career based on creating fantastic worlds and adventures, but I also know that reality isn't time travel, elves, magic, or dragons. Well, unless one counts the escapism they can provide, that to me is very real. So in the end, is reality a hard definable thing, resolute in its definition, meaning, and worth? Or is it fluid and prone to reinterpretation, new perspectives, that has license to be what we desire to make of it? At the end of this, I don't know that I've found answers to what reality is. The pragmatic and stoic side of me knows that reality is defined and reliable. 
The imaginative and progressive side of me feels that reality is simply a word, a sound we invented and assigned a meaning to, that by that nature means it is destined to evolve and change. Maybe we humans do an amazing job at overanalyzing things, or maybe we don't scrutinize things enough. To just be in the existence we live in is to live either in ignorant bliss or confounding states of wonder and questioning. The only reality I'm completely sure of is that I would love to be able to live long enough to understand why I am here and what my place in this world is and live life as fully as I can. Also, to go to Japan. They have giant robots there. And from a philosophical standpoint, that is an ideology I am happy to live with. Including giant robots. Thanks for listening, everyone. I am Mario the Artisan Rogue. You can find me by that username, the Artisan Rogue, on Etsy, Patreon, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you all that have reached out to me and told me what you've liked about this program. I really appreciate the feedback, and you've all been a giant help in getting me to make this into something I've always wanted it to be. Remember to support the artists and creators you love. Share their work, buy their work, and tell them what you think. Until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.